Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the Rail Market Update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the FTR Cedar Freight Rail Market Update Podcast. As always, I am your host, Todd Tronowski, the Vice President of Rail and Modal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week, taking time out of your busy fall schedule, taking some time away from your pumpkin spice latte, taking some time away from the fall foliage in some parts of the country, the fall break in other parts of the country, to hear about where things are headed uh, on the volume side of the rail equation. And some, some good news on the intermodal side, and that is that we're basically holding where we have been over the last month. We're not declining precipitously, we're not uh, increasing, we're just sort of in neutral, as it were, down about 1%, a little bit less than 1%. Uh, when you talk about all North America on a year-over-year basis, that's that's a good result. That says that intermodal volumes are, are hanging in, they're holding up. Now, as we get into, uh, we don't have full September uh, port results yet, that will determine what October might look like, and if we don't see port volumes stabilized, then October uh, intermodal volumes are probably going to be a little bit weaker than what we have seen, but for the moment, they're, they're holding up okay. Uh, when you look at where volumes are on the carload side, uh, it's a much different story. On the carload side, uh, they have downshifted themselves uh, yet again for the second consecutive week, this time a little bit more dramatically, particularly in the economically sensitive freight categories. We'll talk about that as we get into the carload markets. Also important to recognize this week, we've got September employment data from the Surface Transportation Board this week. Uh, those numbers, they're not particularly helpful if you're a rail shipper and wanting to see rail service improve. CSX posted a significant gain in headcount, uh, but among the major carriers, uh, they, were, they were sort of by themselves. There was not a whole lot of help from the rest of the industry in terms of overall employment levels, and in fact, the overall number uh, of operating employees on all of the U.S. Class 1s actually came down and came down by 150 to 200 people a month over month. So not, not a great sign for headcount, not a great sign for rail service overall as we think about things uh, going fall. But we will have to keep an eye on it as we roll through the rest of the fall and move into the winter when it is historically, seasonally, the most difficult time of the year for the carriers to operate. Typically you have the most service disruptions, the most issues in the fall and winter, because guess what? That's when you have the most weather issues. That's when you have ice storms and snowstorms in Chicago and the Twin Cities and other places that make it difficult for switches to operate, difficult for crews to get to work, difficult to maintain brake pipe pressure, particularly in Canada, uh, through, through the long trains. So we will have to keep our eyes on things as we go forward in time to see what effect it has on service as we get into 
the fourth quarter as we get into uh, the first quarter of the year, which, believe it or not, will not be that far off in the windshield. But let's bring it back to this week. Let's talk about where volumes are here. And on an overall North American basis, intermodal loadings, very steady, down, like I said, a little bit less than 1% on a year-over-year -year basis, 07 I believe was the, the actual number. Now, relative to the five-year average, we're still well below what would be considered normal for intermodal levels at this time of year. So yes, we're holding in. Yes, we're better than we've been for much of 2023. We're not back to normal. We're not back to what anyone would consider a good level. You look at the trailer markets, they're also down a little bit on a sequential basis. But again, right around 11,000 or so trailers a week, holding that level that we've seen uh, for much of the last few months, down significantly 20% on a year-over-year -year basis, much more than that on a five-year average basis. Trailer volumes continue to struggle and likely will remain on the struggle bus as we go forward in time. With the year-over-year -year comparisons not really easing until we get to the third quarter of 2024, which uh, feels like a long way away. It's not in actuality, but it certainly feels like a lot can happen between now and then from a freight perspective. Looking at container volumes on the intermodal side, this very much parallels overall intermodal, as you would expect, given that containers are 90% of the market. Uh, down a little bit on a sequential basis, down a little bit compared to last year, uh, but down much more noticeably when it comes to the five-year average. And so from a container perspective, uh, we're going to have to, uh, we're stable, but we're not, we're not growing, we're not getting back to historical average, we're not seeing uh, signs of a healthy consumer economy, we're not seeing signs of a tight truck market, we're just sort of stuck in neutral when it comes to container traffic, when it comes to container volumes. So let's shift gears now and let's talk about the carload side of the business. Let's talk about carload volumes. And here, uh, it's not the same stable, steady picture, at least for a lot of commodity groups. There are some that fall into that category, but by and large, the majority are facing some headwinds. And you can see that in the overall carload figure. We're down on a year-over-year -year basis. We're down relative to the five-year average in the latest week. And you look at the decline, we have definitely ramped up sequentially from last week to this week our rate of decline. We've been down the last two weeks uh, pretty significantly, but we're essentially getting back to where we spent most of the third quarter, uh, just a little bit above 330,000 car loads a week, and we're just hanging out there. We will see how low it goes. We will see how much of a downshift we get in car load volumes uh, as we go forward. Certainly, this is something to keep an eye on. Freight, particularly rail car load freight, has historically been a forward indicator of economic activity, a forward indicator of demand for goods across the supply chain, across the economy. We will have to see how that works its way through over the weeks ahead. Uh, but certainly there is this potential that we're seeing uh, the first signs of a deeper slowdown, particularly when you look at something like economically sensitive freight. And you can see here that over the last uh, two weeks, it's really been almost a little bit of a Zach Wheeler curveball, sort of straight off the table over the last two weeks, uh, down very significantly, down about 2% on a year-over-year -year basis, down about the same uh, when you compare it to the five-year average 
Now, we were at high levels over the last month, and so we're coming back down to a level uh, that we have more closely approximated over the course of the last, the last quarter or two. So if we stabilize at these levels, uh, that will be a normalization. If we continue on the slope that we're on, uh, we will have to uh, take serious note of what this could mean for the overall economy. Now, when we talk about economically sensitive freight, the question always comes up, Todd, what do you mean when you talk about economically sensitive freight? Well, basically, we, we pull out the coal, we pull out the agriculture, we pull out the petroleum, we look at just those sectors that are more closely tied to the underlying economy. We're looking for things like lumber and wood, like pulp and paper. We're looking for, for those sectors uh, that, 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 that more closely respond, that are less commodity linked and more closely directly tied to the underlying economy. That's what's in the, sometimes you'll hear it referred to as core carload freight uh, for some companies. That is, is where we are. That is what we're talking about when we talk about and think about economically sensitive freight. But it wasn't just the economically sensitive freight that is creating an issue, that is, uh, that, that is creating pressure on the overall carload figure. You look at coal, the largest carload sector by volume, and certainly a commodity market, certainly something that responds to commodity prices. And we are uh, down dramatically on a sequential basis, down about 5% on a year-over-year -year basis, We've fallen away, not just from the five-year average, but also uh, where we've been for much of the year. And so we'll have to see just how, how deep this coal decline goes. It certainly will pressure overall carload results so long as it stays uh, this dramatic on a sequential basis. And there are economic headwinds. There are uh, things out there in the marketplace that suggest that coal is going to continue to face issues, is going to continue to face uh, headwinds as we go through the next the next quarter or quarter and a half or so. Grain, the other major bulk sector that moves by rail, basically flat on a sequential basis. So we're no longer continuing to rise with the harvest. We're taking a little bit of a pause. Now we'll have to see, is this like we had earlier in the harvest season where we had had rain and we had had sort of a one week one week pause, a one week step away from growth in volumes? and then we returned it to growth in the following week? Or is this more permanent? Is this settling in for where we are going to be for this harvest season? Last year, we saw that next leg up. The five-year average wouldn't indicate that we're going to see that, that next leg up. We're right about the five-year average level for grain at the moment. So time will tell, but certainly a little bit of a, a cautionary tale, a yellow light, if you will, when it comes to grain markets, when it comes to uh, their outlook for the future. So jumping back now into the economically sensitive freight categories, looking at the chemicals market, we bounced up a little bit on a sequential basis. We're a little bit above the five-year average. We're almost dead flat with last year's result. Uh, so bouncing back a little bit from, from a dip in early October, but we're not back to where we were for most of the third quarter. We're not back to 45,000 carloads a week. We continue to, uh, to run below that sort of key threshold indicator. As we go forward, we have to see, is this the start of a weakening that's similar to what we saw in 2022, or are we going to stabilize around these levels 
and continue to run either side of 45,000 carloads a week as we go through uh, the weeks and months ahead. Petroleum products, uh, we continue to see sequential growth here on a week-over-week basis, really for the last month. Uh, we're up over on a year-over-year -year basis. We're up compared to the five-year average. And it shouldn't surprise anybody, if you're in this market, if you follow commodity prices, what you're seeing here is a response to an open arbitrage. The arbitrage has opened between crude prices in Canada and crude prices on the U.S. Gulf Coast that has encouraged traders to move through, to move more volumes by rail, to move more volumes in tank cars to get to the coast to access global markets. Now, this arbitrage can be fairly volatile. It can, be, it can move over time. But the fact that crude prices overall are moving up, the fact that you're pushing $89 a barrel this morning for crude oil, that there's a little bit more margin for everybody to play with across the, the supply chain, and so you could see support for these volumes continue to be robust as we go through the next, the next few quarters, at least until crude settles down, at least until uh, we see some normalization uh, in the world, particularly in the Middle East, an oil-rich, oil-producing uh, region of the world. We will, that has an effect on pricing, and that has an effect also on the arbitrage from a landlocked Canadian price to a global price along the U.S. Gulf Coast. Stone, sand, and gravel. Uh, we've come down the last couple of weeks. We're basically right at last year's level. We're a little bit above the five-year average. So, yes, we're coming down. We're coming down closer to where we were in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, but this is still a strong result for stone, sand, and gravel. Lumber and wood, almost dead flat on a sequential basis. A little bit below last year. Now, last year, uh, this was... A dip week in the year-ago period. So we are down on a year-over-year on a -year basis just a little bit, uh, but we'll have to see what happens as we go forward when we get a more normal year-over-year -year comparison. Uh, we're down well off the five-year average. Mortgage rates hit 8% this week. Uh, that certainly is not going to do anything to stimulate housing demand. That's not going to do anything uh, to encourage additional lumber and wood. And so we expect this sector to continue to come under pressure as we go through uh, the weeks and months ahead. So we will have to, to keep an eye on it and watch it as we go as we go forward. Pulp and paper, the other major forest product sector, down rather dramatically on a sequential basis. And this sort of dropped off the table like that Zach Mueller curveball I was talking about earlier. It is it is playoff baseball season. We need to work the baseball references in while we can here. Those of you that know me know that I'm, I'm only slightly less of a baseball fan than Tony Hatch, who many of you in the industry know. Uh, he and I have different teams uh, that we root for, but uh, we are both baseball fans, and you can see the sequential decline here definitely has that curveball feel. It uh, just fell off the table. That's about 700 carloads of freight just from one week to the next. We're down about 7 or 8% on a year-over-year -year basis, more than that relative to the five-year average. We'll have to see if this is just a one-week blip or if this is sort of establishing a new normal. News came out, if you listened last week, you know that we had a plant in Florida closed for good uh, that's going to be dismantled to come offline, take additional volumes out of the marketplace. And that's additional rail freight that's not coming back. That's, that's you know, that, as the song says, you know, 
gone like a freight train, gone like yesterday. You know, it, it's not going to come back. That volume, if this is what is reflected in, in the sequential decline of pulp and paper, uh, we wouldn't expect to see that volume bounce back to the 7,000 carload a week level. Automotive volumes, uh, down a little bit on a sequential base. We've had some volatility over the last month, some ups and downs. Uh, we're still above 25,000 carloads a week. We're still above the five-year average. We're still above last year. The question will be, as the UAW strike rolls on, this sector is not going to be insulated forever. At some point, it will feel the effects of that, uh, of that work stoppage. When does that happen? And is this decline that we saw this week, is this the first sign of that? Is there more to come? Uh, time will tell, but certainly we have to remember that that is out there as we view our expectations for the fourth quarter uh, and beyond if it lasts that long. So to wrap up for this week, intermodal volumes have maintained their post-Labor Day bounce. They're down ever so slightly on a North American basis. And so we will, uh, we will keep on keeping on probably for another month in the intermodal sector before we see uh, the seasonal decline, though there is certainly risk to the downside there when you think about the outlook, when you think about expectations setting there. On the carload side, we've seen a strong move down across several sectors that are going to pressure uh, carload, have pressured carload in the last week and could continue to do so. Uh, certainly economically sensitive freight not immune in the latest week. When you think about pulp and paper, when you think about automotive, when you think about uh, lumber, certainly. But you also have the bulk sectors. You also have grain leveling out. You also have coal sharply lower. We'll have to see uh, how that all shakes out as we go forward in time. Certainly, at least in the data we get next week, uh, you will have the effect of the line closure in Colorado. That's a major coal hauling line uh, to get coal down through Colorado into Texas and into Mexico and to places like that. So that could also pressure coal down in the data that we get next week. Time will tell uh, how dramatic that is and how quickly they're able to get that line reopened. But that's one more headwind, one more thing to face uh, when it comes to the coal markets, when it comes to the carload markets as we think about our expectations for them over the weeks and months to come. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening this week. I appreciate you taking the time. As always, if you have questions about what you hear in the podcast, what you see in our reports, what you're seeing in your business, feel free to reach out to myself or any member of the FTR team. We always love to talk about transportation. We love to talk about the market. We love to hear what you're seeing in your business. It makes us better forecasters and analysts and makes us better analyzers of the data never hesitate uh, to reach out and with that i hope you have a great week thanks for listening we'll talk to you again next week as always i am your host of the rail market update podcast todd tranowski the vice president of rail and intermodal here at ftr that's it for this week's rail market update on the state of freight podcast the Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available state of freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation 
by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.